Mormonism 101 for Teens is a valuable resource for anyone wanting a simplified view of the Mormon religion from a Christian perspective. Mormonism 101 for Teens is available at your favorite Christian bookstore or at mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Why is it dangerous to trust in our emotions? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Yesterday, we began looking at an article that Eric wrote and can be found on our website at mrm.org. It's titled, When Tomorrow May Be Too Late, an evangelism strategy for, quote, we'll all find out at the end, end quote. Yesterday, we were discussing how both of us have had experiences in talking with members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And when you ask them a number of questions and they seem to have difficulty answering those questions, sometimes they will fall back and they'll say, hey, well, I guess we'll all know in the end anyway, won't we? As if finding out the answer now is not really all that important to them. Well, of course, as a Christian, we certainly do feel it's very important to find out these answers to very important questions, especially if they are questions of an eternal consequence. And so in yesterday's show, we were discussing how many times Latter-day Saints will throw out what Eric calls the white flag of surrender. In other words, I don't have an answer. We'll all find out in the end anyway, and I want to kind of end this conversation. That does sometimes happen. We also talked about the Mormon testimony, how many times a Latter-day Saint, when they don't have a lot of answers, or even sometimes if they may have offered some answers, they think that this is probably the best answer, and that is that they've followed the pattern of Moroni 10.4 in the Book of Mormon that talks about asking God with a sincere heart and with real intent and having faith in Christ that God will manifest the truth of the Book of Mormon to that individual. And of course, that is a flawed way of determining truth as well. But then, Eric, you go on in this article to say, the emotional draw for potential converts to get the right answer can be immense. For example, pleasing the missionaries or LDS friends and family may play a major factor. And I I think I brought out something like that yesterday, where sometimes a person's emotions and wanting something to be true can guide them in a direction that might be harmful. For instance, and I use the example of maybe you thought the missionaries were cute, and maybe if you became a Mormon, you might find other cute missionaries. Or maybe the neighbors that are Latter-day Saints were very nice to you, and they probably are because Mormons, for the most part, are very nice people. But when you say, But this isn't the way we look for truth in real life. And then you give an example of a sports game. What do you say in that paragraph? Suppose someone says, I know that the Utah Jazz won their basketball game last night when it is a fact that they lost 107 to 91. Even if you and your friends are diehard fans, is it reasonable to argue about the game's outcome with followers of the opponent when the score is published in today's newspaper? Now, what you've done is you, you've thrown reason and logic and fact into the equation. And 
I think this is where it frustrates us sometimes when we're talking to our LDS friends, because many times we want to be as logical and fair and evidential as we possibly can in our conversation. And it seems like they're bullets that are just bouncing off a brick wall. And that can be very, very frustrating for us because we look at our Christian faith as a reasonable faith. Evidence doesn't scare us. We're willing to look at the evidence. We want to embrace the evidence. And I've often said, if someone can give me the evidence that what I believe regarding something is false, I want to see that. I'll give you an example. I remember in my early years of Christianity, I had a lot of strange beliefs as an early Christian, and I cherished the moments when I had seasoned Christians come to me and share with me about areas in my theology that really weren't in line with what the Bible had to say. I thank God for people like that. I was willing to listen to them, and I think as Christians, we should all be willing to listen to those who are much more knowledgeable or even wiser than we may be on a given subject. I was reading a book yesterday, Bill, and the author made a point I think is well taken with what we're talking about right now. He says out of all the religions that he knows, that Christianity is the only one that invites investigation. I think that's pretty accurate. I think you're right. Uh, It's not that I haven't heard some in other religions say they do. But usually you find out that they're not really backing that up with the way they're answering you on some of the questions. Going on in your article, you say there are risks to trusting in feelings and ignoring the evidence. Imagine getting ready to board an airliner that you learn had serious problems with the landing gear in its previous flight. The flight attendant says what to the passengers? Don't worry. I know it will be okay. While we haven't exactly fixed the landing gear yet, the mechanics will be on board this flight to do additional maintenance on it once the plane takes off. Let me ask anybody listening, would that put you at rest, knowing that, that the people that are in charge of flying this plane are aware of some serious mechanical problems? If this were me, I would probably be unbuckling my seatbelt that they had to tell me how to buckle in the first place, and that always throws me off as if we all walked to the airport. But I would be unbuckling that seatbelt saying, hey, guys, I'll catch you next time. And I would ask for that door to be opened and so I can get off that plane. That would not be wise to remain on that flight. And this is what concerns us as Christians when we're talking to our LDS friends. We see in Mormonism that, let's say, the landing gear isn't working, and yet many Latter-day Saints kind of shrug their shoulders and they say, well, that's okay. I'm comfortable here. And you may be sitting in a very comfortable seat on this metaphorical airliner, but it could be very uncomfortable later on when you go for a landing. I mean, can you imagine somebody in first class saying, you know, my seat is really comfortable. I've got the best possible seat. But if you're going on a flight that is going to go down, it doesn't matter how comfortable you are on the flight. You are in for a world of hurt. You go on to say, Of course, sometimes it is a natural response to want to rely on what we have been taught or what feels best. Yet no matter how sincere we might be, only the fool accepts his feelings over the facts. Now that's pretty strong language when you think about it, because a Latter-day Saint could probably say, are you saying I'm foolish? 
Well, I probably wouldn't say it to your face, but I might be thinking that because I do think that when people ignore the facts and want to embrace and hold on to feelings that are faulty, that is foolish. Proverbs in the Bible has a lot to say about people like that. Now, I would probably not be so rude as to tell you that. I would try to show you by presenting evidence hoping that you would come to that conclusion on your own without me having to say it to you. But I am going to want to convince you. And why would I want to do that? Because I care about you as an individual. And I know it's difficult, not just for Latter-day Saints, but it's difficult for anybody to hear information that conflicts with what they already believe. And sometimes it's easy to assume that the reason why that person is saying what he is saying is because he must not like you, when just the opposite is true. And I wish Latter-day Saints would understand that when it comes to what we are trying to do here at Mormonism Research Ministry. We're not here because we don't like Latter-day Saints. That's nonsense. And we've heard Mormons say that, but it certainly is not the desire of our heart to cause any kind of harm to the individual. We are hoping to offer them an alternative that will give them a greater eternity. You and I have had this experience, I'm sure, Bill, where we've had something green in our teeth after lunch, and we've walked around all day, and then we get home at night, and we look in the mirror, and there's that part of lunch that's sitting right in your teeth. Why didn't anybody tell you that you had that problem? It's because they didn't want to ruin your day. They wanted to just leave it alone, and you accept whatever it is that you are walking around with. Well, I'm going to say, if I have something in my teeth, I need somebody to tell me that I have that problem. The most loving thing you could do is to let that person know. Just like we would say it would be a bad doctor who would tell a patient that they're doing great, and then a year later that patient comes back and says, I'm still not doing that well. Well, you have cancer. I, I, I didn't tell you last year because I didn't want to ruin your day. Well, that's a bad doctor. So as Christians, we're called to be ambassadors. We're supposed to have an answer for everyone who asks us. And if that's the case, I think we need to be willing to share Bad news that Mormonism is not true, that the eternal death that all people have through sin is eternal death, and we don't want people to go through that. And I think that's what we do as Christians, is have love for other people to tell them the truth. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six says, He who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. I don't want to be a fool. I want to know what the truth is, and I would hope that Latter-day Saints would as well. Another point to bring out, and this is kind of like my life verse, if you will, but Proverbs eleven fourteen, and I'll read it in the King James, because that's the version that Latter-day Saints certainly do respect. It says, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. If a lot of people are telling you the same thing, it might be wise to listen to what these individuals are saying. Now, yes, they could all be wrong, but wouldn't it be up to you to decide that? And how are you going to decide that? Are you just going to say, well, I don't like what they have to say, so I'm going to go with what I believe originally? That, of course, would not be the wise course to take, but unfortunately we find that many Latter-day Saints do that. I guess I'm kind of touchy about this because after doing this for over four decades, 
And hearing a lot of Latter-day Saints throw out, well, you're a hater, or you're a bigot, or you, you don't like us. And naturally, that's going to be hurtful, because I know my own personal motives. And one thing I find out, though, after I've had a discussion with Latter-day Saints for any period of times, I used to many years ago. I don't do it so often anymore, maybe because I saw the pattern always being the same. But I would often ask, now, after talking with me, do I sound like I really have a personal animosity towards you as an individual? The answer usually was no, not at all. That was probably one of the best compliments I could ever get, because that's what I'm hoping to do. Now, can I satisfy everybody? No. When I, as I have said many times, put on the biggest John 3.16 smile I could muster and be as nice as pie as I could possibly be, and I would still have the Latter-day Saints say that I was mean and nasty and hateful, but it wasn't really my demeanor. It was just what I was saying, and they didn't like what I was saying. There's a term some Latter-day Saints would use against a person like you, and it's the term anti-Mormon. That's not a term that we like because a Mormon is a nickname for Latter-day Saint. We love Latter-day Saints. If you want to say that we're anti-Mormonism, go ahead and say that. We're against the philosophy, but we're certainly not against the person. And I think that's something, Christian, that we need to strive for. If our demeanor is not living up to that, then we need to check our demeanor. But hopefully we learn from those experiences and not to make those mistakes again. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.